You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Just like that, the final hour is here. We made it. Monday edition. Outkick 360. Hutton and Withrow with you in Nashville. Sixth and Peabody, the home of Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We've got plenty of headlines to hit. Coming up, we preview Dallas and Tampa. How the Cowboys win, how the Bucks win. And we'll take a look at what's next for the Big Ten for their commissioner. That's, I mean, there's some great candidates. Chad will touch on two that are in media and overseeing sports networks, but also two that also make sense from within the conference itself. We'll, we'll compare and contrast, but we do start in the Big Ten with our headlines and Jim Harbaugh. Chad, it appears that he's staying. This is from Santa Ono, the president the of the University of Michigan. <laughs> Santa Ono. <laughs> Says in a statement, he said, this is very, this is so odd, first off, in terms of communication of how news is broken. The president of the university, this is both a tweet and also underneath the tweet, a graphic that has the tweet in the graphic that he's tweeting at the time. So okay? he quote, tw- he tweeted himself. He's tweeting a tweet. <laughs> okay. And then below the I tweet see, is yes. a picture of himself With on the, the field in the big house and underneath is... In nice Michigan letterhead, yeah. the tweet that he's tweeting. That's above the tweet. Anyway. Michigan fans are going to love this, though. Santa Ono says, I just got off the phone with Coach Harbaugh, and Jim shared with me. I love he's Coach Harbaugh, then he's Jim. Jim shared with me the great news that he is going to remain as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. That is fantastic news that I have communicated to our athletic director, Ward Manuel. Hashtag go blue. Hmm. Now. If you are a skeptic and a cynic like myself, you believe that whatever this is means nothing, actually. Because the president is going to now inform, he tweets first, talks to Jim Harbaugh, then tweets that he's going to now inform Ward Manuel that his coach is going to remain at Michigan. I saw some account tweet breaking Jim Harbaugh announces that he'll probably remain at Michigan (laughs) for a third time in a week and a half. Jim Harbaugh's been uh, interviewing for jobs. He's been looking around. Th- these jobs have not been filled yet. This would make a lot. This would this would carry a lot more credence for me if the jobs that he was seeking were already filled. That's not happened. So I don't know what to make of this, Hutton. So I really don't know what to make of. What's keeping him from making the jump? I'm with, not with, and, with the open opportunity. So, Indianapolis. I'm not calling Santa Ono a liar. I just don't know what to make of him reporting this himself after a phone conversation and in the tweet saying he's now going to get on the phone with his AD to let him know, too, that Jim Harbaugh is the guy. And there's no word on, and it'll come, but there's no word on any extension or raise or any leveraging that took place here. Denver felt like the landing spot for Jim Harbaugh. And the other two names are 
Uh, it, it, Sean Payton, who we've discussed at length, and then Dan Quinn, who coaches tonight as the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the two names in Denver that continue to make news, no uh, noise. Um, is this Sean Payton saying that, well, he's, he's going to take the Denver job? I don't think so because he told Colin Cowherd earlier today that tomorrow or early this week, he will be in New York to interview for the Panthers' job. They've just named a general manager, Monty Ossenfort, through the Patriots and Titans as the new GM in Arizona. And so there's a hire to be made there now based on their structure and hierarchy and the fact that Bidwell wanted the GM first, which makes sense. But Chad, this, is, this feels like Harbaugh being told, you know what, we're not going to give you what you want wherever. Maybe it's Denver, maybe it's not. And we're going to give it, we're going to wait on so-and-so. You know, are they waiting on Quinn and then they're going to announce it in Denver? Don't know. But this allows him to get the word out for a guy that, I mean, this this tracks, right? Like the idea that you have the, the president tweet out a tweet of a screenshot of a quote. Yeah, I, I still... It's, it's I almost just, like he boarded a plane I, I, and said, let everyone know I'm staying. I want to hear from Jim Harbaugh before really buying this totally. Uh, he needs to speak on it. If, in fact, it, he is definitely staying at Michigan and they're doing some sort of contract extension or whatever, even though they're under NCAA investigation because Jim Harbaugh allegedly lied to the NCAA about some things. Um, I, need to, I need to actually hear from Jim Harbaugh to believe it. A couple options. Maybe he heard from the one job he wanted that he wasn't getting it, and they just haven't announced yet who it's going to be. Similar to a year ago, he wanted the Vikings gig. Mm-hmm. They went to Kevin O'Connell, and he didn't get it, and he came – Limping back to Michigan at that point. But he was very honest about it. He said, yeah, I explored it. He didn't deny it. I was interested in it. They went in a different direction. I decided that I wanted to be here, and he's committed to Michigan. Doing it now, though, makes a lot of sense. If he gets offered a job, now's the time to leave. You're under investigation. You've done a lot already at Michigan. If you were really serious about being in the NFL with his great NFL record, 44-18-1 or whatever it was with the 49ers, now is the time to take a job. We had Dan Dockich on our show earlier of Don't At Me on the Outkick Network. He's very plugged into all things Indianapolis. He said he believes that Ursay wants Harbaugh, but Harbaugh is smart enough to not take that job with the Colts. So if you're That's buying that, too. this announcement now would make a lot of sense. And Harbaugh's confirmed it through the through I, Michigan. Is, and I see, yeah, Adam Schefter tweeting Jim Harbaugh's quote. I love the relationships that I have at Michigan. Coaches, staff, families, administration, President Santa Ono, and especially the players and their families. My heart is at the University of Michigan. I once heard a wise man say, don't try to out happy, happy. Go blue. That is Jim Harbaugh announcing he's staying as the head coach in Ann Arbor, not taking an NFL position. Don't know if he was offered one, but... I don't think he was offered one. But, but I do think that, I mean, I, I buy this. There are too many obviously. openings. If he wanted back in, he could But be what he's in. saying is, I buy that he went and, you know, talked to some yeah. teams and looked around a little bit, you know, like, uh, it's like Groundhog Day, you know, put, taking your head out of, the, uh, out of the hole, looking around a little bit, gauging the weather. And then decided, I'm going to go back into this gopher hole in Ann Arbor because I'm happy in this gopher hole as opposed to the gopher hole in Indy or Denver or somewhere else in the NFL. So Jim Harbaugh will remain with Michigan. Great news for Michigan fans. Great news if you didn't want to see a chaotic chain of events take place. That's another if good point. If Michigan came open a little later in the game, I believe that Michigan probably would have promoted from within had Harbaugh left at this point, but... 
could have set off a string of events that would have been nuts. Where's the Ryan Day speculation? There was a lot of talk about him getting a job somewhere, getting looks, and that's died down big time. I, yeah, you haven't heard his name in, yeah. since early last week, really. Um, Chad, uh, Sean Payton revealed to Cowherd what the compensation would likely be if a team's willing to trade with the Saints for the rights to his contract in order to bring him on as their next head coach. And, and Sean Payton said, hey, they're pro- Mickey Loomis, who they, he spoke with Mickey Loomis, uh, the, the Saints GM, is looking for a mid to late first round pick. That would be the compensation for Sean Payton. Keep in mind, we're only, what, I mean, 20 years removed or whatever it was from, from John Gruden getting multiple first round picks uh, the, the Raiders did in exchange for his contract in Tampa. That's, and now you're just getting one for Peyton. That tells you the value of what these picks were compared to how they will and deal it nonchalantly now. I still think it's pretty badass that you can go on an interview and say, yeah, it'll, it'll cost a first-round pick just to have the rights to discuss paying me 20 mil a year to be your head coach. And he can name it. I mean, I mean, if you're willing to pay that money, You've got to be willing to give that. You, it's not one or the other, right? You're either all in with Peyton having all in, full control and all that, or you're not. So why wouldn't you give up the pick for the, the coach that you believe is going to take your situation to the next level? The, the, the thing is, the Broncos don't have that. The Broncos <clears throat> gave up their pick to get Russell Wilson. So they, they don't have that type of compensation. And I don't think that's the best gig for him. The best spot just for future but it's not the best spot from an ownership standpoint, fan base, all those things. It's the Chargers because of his ties yeah. with quarterback development, having Justin Herbert. But I don't. All reports today are don't get too excited about Brandon Staley being let go because they may ride it out with this guy because they like him and they don't have the money for a big buyout and then to go big for a Sean Payton or someone else. Well, and that's that's also the discussion when it comes to paying the top dollar for Trevor Lawrence and with Herbert because of the organizational structure and the money, the cash at hand that you put back in escrow for that. So if you don't have it for Payton, you're not going to have it for Herbert. And if you <clears throat> are not going to have it for Herbert, you have to save it, not give it to Payton. Yeah, I'm still blown away, by the way, that the president released a statement about talking on the phone with the coach before the coach could release the statement. Yeah. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, don't you want the coach putting out something big that, you know, I'm not leaving? I mean, I'm back type thing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, you know who wins in all this? But they had both of them prepared. You know the big winner in all this? Santa Ono, the president at Michigan. Because that guy is doing deals. It's not Ward Manuel. He didn't even think Ward Manuel. In this, he thinks yep. one he person individually. He thinks President Santa Ono. No mention of Ward Manuel. I don't know if their relationship is bad or what's going on, but Santa Ono, he's a he's a deal maker. Well, and, and guys out there on Twitter, he's already got the graphic made up with his quote as he tweets it out. Love this guy. Harbaugh is also. It sounds like he told President Ono, hey, "Go ahead and let the AD know I'm staying." Thanks. Yeah, I don't want to talk to him. I've been getting texts from him for the past week straight, but I don't want to respond. <laughs> Can you get with Ward and let him know that I'll, I'll be coming back to coach in Ann Arbor? Please, thank you. Just uh, a horrific story with uh, Alabama basketball program and, and Darius Miles uh, charged with capital murder. And uh, you'll see him handcuffed, and he's being walked to the car after being arrested. But the, the details of this were he and uh, the alleged... 
uh, second suspect walked up to a car and shot and killed a 23-year-old female early Sunday morning in Tuscaloosa. It was just awful. And you don't see headlines like this, especially um, you know, at the, the programs across college sports where this is something you'll see on the first 48 and not on SEC Network, ESPN, OutKick 360. This is something you can't just ignore if you're Nate Oates. Let's talk about this from a, a sports perspective because I'm not a prosecuting attorney or a defense attorney and don't know all the, the things with the case and all that, right? We'll let it play out in court and see if he gets convicted of this sure. crime. It certainly doesn't look good that they immediately went and got two people yeah. shortly after this woman was tragically, horrifically shot and killed on the street in downtown Tuscaloosa. Um, we asked Dan Dockage about it. I thought he had a very good answer about, I need to know more. I need to wait and see about how much was this kid struggling? How many issues did Nate Oates know about? How long did they keep him on the roster knowing, you know, something like this could even possibly be something down the line that could happen? Knowing the kid, you got to know all those things or did it just come up out of nowhere? You know, those are all things you got to factor in. But I'm saying this, I know they can hide behind legalities right now and not wanting to say too much because there's a trial that has to take place. But you have to eventually, when you bring a kid on campus and you recruit them and give them a scholarship, and that person, if what's alleged is true, if that person kills another human in the town you brought them to and the school you brought them to, you must speak on it. You must talk about it. You must say what you thought about the kid, if there were issues going on. what went. I'm not expecting that to happen right now. From Nate Oates, I understand all this. This is bigger than basketball. But Nate Oates, this is this is a big story in large part because it is an Alabama basketball player. So we have to acknowledge the basketball program part of this. Nate Oates is going to have to speak about this. Well, and it's also you know it's a it's a player who is not in a uh, not in the downtown city playing. You know, he's not in a, a metropolitan area. This took place on the Strip in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's not right. It's not a Georgia Tech player gunning someone down on the streets of Atlanta, where oh, you know, murder happens all the time in Atlanta. Unfortunately, see, right. This is very rare for that community. I, I I agree with the difference with that. And here's the other thing: Nate Oates has a hell of a basketball team. Well, they've they've lost two games. Is they that right? are incredible, and they own arguably the best win in America, where they went on the road and beat Houston, who's number one in the country. And they've got Brandon Miller, who might be the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft. Terrific freshman from Nashville, Tennessee. That's awesome to watch. It's a great team. They do everything well at Alabama. This is, again, from a basketball program standpoint, about the worst off-court thing I can imagine happening at this time. Now, the one basketball thing you'd say about it is they haven't had him this season. So it's not yeah. like a starter went out and did this, right? It's someone who hasn't been a part of the team on the court in games this year. Still horrific, though, uh, for that community, for the young woman, obviously, and her family, but for that program. And Nate Oates is going to have to speak about this. Again, I'm not expecting it right now. He's going to have to talk at length about what went on. You can't just sweep this under the rug and not talk about it. And I have a feeling, seeing how head-on he takes things, yeah. he's going to talk about it. When it's time. I don't think he's going to duck it. 
Coming up, how Dallas wins on the road in Tampa, how the Bucks take down the Cowboys, and is the losing coach out? Is Brady done in Tampa if they, in fact, lose this evening? We will discuss that. We will discuss the teams that are already being mentioned for Tom Brady in 2023. It includes Tampa. And then we'll switch gears and discuss in the Big Ten who replaces Kevin Warren as commissioner. That and more straight ahead on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The winner of Dallas and Tampa will be in San Francisco on Sunday night, Sunday evening, 5.30 Central, 6.30 Eastern on Fox. That will be the final game of the weekend. So your, your divisional round schedule starts on Saturday with Jacksonville on the road in Kansas City. That game is at 4.30 Eastern on NBC. Yep. Giants-Eagles, 8.15 on Fox. Sunday, Bengals-Bills at 3 o'clock Eastern CBS. And either Dallas or Tampa, against San Francisco Sunday evening. And we get a good game tonight where I've, I've gone back and forth on this all weekend on how it plays out. We mentioned this on what will be a good game from Wild Card Weekend. I don't think if this game ends up close, it's good. Which I, game? The Dallas-Tampa. Yeah. Because if it's close, Tampa has... You know, they, they have really made this They've a, done something very uncharacteristic. Yeah. To me, if it's a good, well-played offensive game, structurally sound, close, high-scoring yeah. game, that would be very against type for this year's Tampa team. And it, for the Cowboys. Yeah. In, in many ways, if it's that way. Yeah, because the, the Cowboy, to me, the Cowboys win. They're winning by double digits. And with Tampa, I just don't see them running away with it. No matter what, you know, Dak does or does not do, Dallas gets the football back. They have a league high uh, thirty-three takeaways, and they have second in turnover differential at plus ten, and that's with Dak Prescott throwing a pick once every twenty-four attempts. So i I want to see Brady advance. I'm in. I'm on that camp. I don't want it to end uh, one and done with him. And I'm, I'm Dockage mentioned this, Chad. I am a sucker for the drama that will unfold in Dallas if they, in fact, lose this game. I'm a sucker for that. I also, so it's the winner of this game gets San Francisco. Yes. Um, I would much rather see Cowboys Niners in the next round. So I'm, I'm a little conflicted. I'm, I'm not conflicted about what I want to see happen. I want to see Brady win. I want to see more than anything. The chaos of what happens if Dak loses this game. If is Mike McCarthy out? Do we now suddenly have the Cowboys in play for Sean Payton? All those things are very, very interesting to me. I'm way more interested in just projecting to next weekend in a Cowboys Niners matchup than I am a Bucks Niners matchup. So I, I agree, and we've seen the the Niners throttle Tampa. Um, the 
the other intriguing thing. This is though, my childhood, by the way. The like oh, early yeah. mid nineties, I was a Niners fan at the time, and it was that was always the game. I hated the Cowboys more than anyone else. Niners Cowboys. I'd love to see that again. So how are you how would you bet this at outkick.com slash bet? I would I, I'm I'm I'll with you. The line for I, you. By the way, I should have I should have parlayed your two money line winners. You win Jacksonville and Tampa, Tampa right? Yeah. So I I did bet Jacksonville. Um I should have live bet it when they were down twenty seven nothing. How about the guy, by the way, that put one point four oh. million down? To win eleven thousand uh, to win eleven thousand eight hundred dollars when it was twenty seven nothing. So what, and instead he just lost one point four. Why is it one point four? Like it, on why is it exactly one point four? I don't I don't he must have had a reason, but that's what he went with. I mean the total payout would have been eleven thousand two hundred. Yeah. And he puts down on the money line one point four million dollars when the game is twenty seven nothing. And I mean, the thought is, well, I'm just, this is just an easy eleven thousand two hundred for me. Yeah, if you have that much money. And the, I mean, just the DK Sportsbook is the one that confirmed the bet was made. I mean, imagine watching that oh. comeback though. And then the, like, they what's go for that two. guy's reaction when they Joey Bosa slams the helmet? Yeah, and then they have the game-winning kick at the end. I, I can't look. I'm hoping for his sake or her sake, whoever placed it. That they're so loaded that it doesn't affect them big time. I mean, you imagine, if but I mean that, that could be like you know some serious problems <laughs> for that man and his family, or something else going. That could be their entire net worth for all I know. I need to know that I mean, like Darren Ravel puts these great tweets out about these you know these bets. I want to know the rest of the story. I want let's expand this thing out to the Netflix series about this guy that did it, and then what happened after that bet. Or who is he? Right? Yeah, is he it some to get real estate car? mogul with a ton of money? He's trying to buy a used car for his daughter? Or? Is that person's net worth $1.5 million and they just put $1.4 million <laughs> on this game because they needed the 11200 <laughs> to pay back a mafioso so they didn't have their legs broken? I need to know all these things. Because <laughs> the, uh, it sounds, oh, man, that's a tough night for that guy. And I'm thinking, well, it's not that tough if it's a billionaire, but if it's just some dude living in the suburbs, yeah. I mean, that's a life record. It was like Brandon Staley's father or something that did it. Brandon Staley's father probably knows better and bet on the Jags <laughs> money line at 27 nothing. What would the payout have been for him? Do we know? Uh, what the? Uh, that's another thing I want to know. The like flip if, side if he would have flipped it and put 1.4 on Down the money 27 line. Down 27-0? Yes. Now that is a big play. Uh, Can you imagine? Whew. And you're, do, you're, you're doing that with Trevor Lawrence who had just turned it over. Uh, four times, three picks in the first quarter. I looked up. That, that was a long first quarter. I'm thinking, oh, the, you know, how many turnovers now in the first half? And they still not finished the quarter in Jacksonville. There, there was. I'm also thinking, like, this is the worst outright money line upset pick I've ever had. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. There was a lot of talk, by the way. A couple of, of announcer notes from this weekend. One. I thought Al Michaels on NBC was way overhyped. We hear Al Michaels all the time. I didn't hear a big difference when he was either. on with Tony Dungy. I, I hear a guy who, even on the game-winning kick, was just kind of subdued. Al Michaels seems over it to me. I love Al Michaels. I mean, well, I mean, how is he eighty? How old is he? Well, let me look it up. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're allowed if you don't have the energy to do it to retire. He's seventy-eight. <laughs> the amount of money he's. I mean, look, if someone's going to throw barrels of cash at you to do well, it. 
And even if you don't really want just, to do it, I guess you keep taking the money. But I, I still think he's very good, and I don't think he's like lost his faculties by any means. No, but no. I'm saying like you know, it's like oh. It, who is this guy with low energy? I'm thinking... That's this, Al Michaels. This dude walks around cities eating no, nothing but filet uh, and traveling the, the great cities of America calling football games while you sit on your couch eating ice cream complaining about his energy level. Well, if you're saying, like, who's this guy with the low energy, then that's that's a bad tweet to begin because it's Al Michaels is the guy with the low energy. You should know who Al no, Michaels but they're, they're is. Saying like, what they're saying, like, who I know who Al Michaels is. This doesn't sound like Al Michaels. That's what they're saying. And it may not. I mean, I would chalk it up to he hasn't been the same since he left for Amazon Amazon Prime on Thursday Night Football but I still See, enjoy I it was when like he's a calling sound, a game I honestly thought it's the sound mix sounded different even Kirk Herbstreet sounds different on that Prime video game as, as opposed to ESPN on Saturday night it was almost like they they went up with the crowd noise and well, down with the announcer's voice I, and it made them sound subdued then I watch this game Saturday and I think oh no Al Michaels is just subdued now this is who he is as I a think, broadcaster. I also think that Dungy paired with him is better for the NFL aspect. I agree. Um, I love Kirk on college, but not pro. And I think that's also what people are conditioned to. Um, but that doesn't have to be the hard and fast rule either. But having him paired with Dungy was a good move by NBC. I thought Dungy was excellent uh, with, with the analysis there of the game. Um, what was your second broadcast note? Of the weekend. Um, we get Tony, back to it. Tony Romo. Romo. Is bad. I love him. What's happened, though? Like, it's... I, I don't know. Is this... All right, this is... Uh, is it you or is it me thing? And I'm talking about me and Tony Romo. In the beginning, I thought he was refreshing. Oh. I thought his genuine excitement and happiness for the game was charming. And I enjoyed listening to him on the call. We all loved how he could call out the play that was going to happen before it happened and see these things. And the more I watch him, I'm like, it, either he hasn't taken the next step and gotten any better, or he's leaned more into that persona, and it's just annoying now. But there's something about him I don't like. And he asked Gene Steratour when he's in the booth, all right, Gene, when you got, got you up here, what's your prediction now? It was 17 nothing at the time. What's your final score prediction? And Gene says, I can't do that, but I just hope for a well-called game officiating-wise and – you know, he gave a quick, good answer. And people were crushing me for saying, oh, he's joking. He wasn't joking. Well, they were out of things to say, and he asked a dumb question. Well, and I don't known, think he knows that he can't do that in well, the booth. But he's known for, for scripting out the finishes before they happen, which he also did in that broadcast where he told Jim Nance, this, this, this is going to happen, and then they're going to end up getting the ball back with just enough time to throw a Hail Mary. And it was like four minutes left. So he's doing all the math. And Nance was like, it's as if we've already called this game and Tony's scripted it out. You know, because he's, that's also like, I understand why that's annoying, but it's also very intriguing that he can come up with that on the fly, you know, inside the quarterback's mind. There was this one play though, and I understand the frustration a little bit because I, I just, there was I, a I don't replay. know, I don't know if I, if it's me. And I've gotten more annoyed with what he always was, or if he's actually gotten worse. I'm leaning towards he's gotten worse, or just hasn't gotten better, and now it's becoming annoying. So he had this. There was a review. I can't remember the play uh, yesterday, but he was certain that there was so much uncertainty that it wasn't going to the call wasn't going to stand. Like it, you weren't going to be able to confirm it, and they were like going to break or something, and he 
the call on the field stands, and he's like, uh, and I, again, I may have it may have been the reverse of that, but it was it was the opposite of what he thought what would he happen. Was, he thought definitively would happen. Yeah, because there was just not enough evidence to do something with with the review, and so he goes back. He's like. So it stands, which means uh, they can't confirm it. Is it a good call? Well, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess, maybe. And then they go, they go to break, which is actually the definition of stands. They can't confirm it. And they're going to go with what was on the field and not what was definitive one way or the other. Um, I do think, though, he's very, he's very likable for me with the way he watches the game and the, the overall enjoyment that he's having while he's calling the game. I don't think you normally get that from crew to crew. You know, it's either extremely analytical or it's way too much on the opposite side. And he's just kind of spitballing it, but not because he knows these offenses and the tendencies and he knows the calls, the checks. You know, they'll change these across the league every week. And by checking it, he can say, "Oh, they just they checked to this. They were gonna they're gonna throw right here instead of left, Jim. Here they go." And then then he's they're off to the races. Now, not every call is exactly how he's saying it, but nine times out of ten, it's some similar version of that. And I'm fascinated by it. I think his enthusiasm is genuine. I think his you know play calling and seeing what's about to happen is is good. I don't have a problem with that. I think if we're going, if people are going to crush Chris Collinsworth for being a little cheesy and over-the-top supportive of players and defensive of players at times. I think we got to say the same thing for Tony Romo. I, he's not saying a lot of critical things over the course of a game oh. when, I, when I'm watching him. Um, I, I like Collinsworth better. I, I've, I've come to the point where... I like Collinsworth, too. I think Collinsworth is great. I always liked him. He gets a lot of criticism. I think he's better than Tony Romo. I don't have the specific examples right now, but he's also asked two or three questions to Jim Nance over the course of a game that makes me think that he's like savant level in certain areas with the game yeah. and then just doesn't even know basic rules or concept at other times. He's asked things where Jim Nance is like, no, that's a five-yard penalty or something where yeah. you can tell he's embarrassed to answer him on the question. Are they going to do this, Jim? What do, you, what do you know? What are they going to do? But I think it's just also him. He just says what he's thinking, right? He's not going to sit and think about what should I say in this moment a lot of it's just, I'm going to say what's on my mind. And if I sound dumb, so be it in that moment. Which can be good, I guess, at times. It's real, at least. It's a, Yeah, it's, it's live. Uh, that, that much we can say. Uh, Chad, the losing coach tonight, are they out? Everyone's talking McCarthy. I, I'm going to go 85%. 85-90% yes on McCarthy. I'm going to go 60% on Todd Bowles. I think that the odds are lower for Todd Bowles to be a one and done. Okay. But it's still over 50% if they lose. I find it intriguing that there's a report out of Tampa that the behind the scenes riff with Arians and Brady was overblown. I don't know why that's coming out right now, unless you're getting out in front of a story that Arians is, again, I'm speculating, coming back or you're bringing him back to assist the offense that took a step back in 2022. He was in the building already, though. So let's all keep that in mind. It's not like he's been away and they're going to bring him back in. Uh, but he also hand-selected Todd Bowles and certainly wouldn't want him to be a one-and-done. Brady is being mentioned around the league for the Bucks, Raiders, 
and the Titans. We learned today from Chris Greer, the GM of the Dolphins, that that Tua is they're sticking with Tua as their quarterback. But the Bucks want Brady back. I think the assumption is he's not staying. And no one is saying that he's stepping away from the game. He'll be age, what, 46 next season. So it really comes down to whether or not Brady gets what he wants to stay. If, if To me, if Todd Bowles is out, if they lose. I don't think it's win or lose. It's if Are they keeping or losing Brady? I think that's a main factor in all of this. And does Brady want to keep the status quo? And what do you make of the Arians... Uh, report that uh, no big deal. It, it was way overblown. I'm thinking, well, it's it's January now. You could we could have used well, this in in April of last year. What's the obvious Brady destination if not Tampa? Uh, Vegas. This this is what I struggle with though, because you're in a tougher conference hmm? in the AFC. If you go to Vegas, you're yep. in a tough tough division with the Chiefs, arguably the best team in in football that you play twice a year. They're not good in Tampa. Right. They won their division. So uh, if you want to get in the tournament and get in the dance, he should stay in Tampa. Well, I mean, in that I case, think his chances are better there than than with Vegas. I also think that if you know if they, if he goes to Vegas, that offense is going to be better than what he's dealing with in Tampa. Ooh, yes. So that part of it would be fun. I just I struggle Hutton because it would be one thing if it was just a boy, his team sucks. And this team is great, and all they need is 45-year-old Tom Brady, and they can win a Super Bowl. And I don't know that there's the obvious fit of Brady to that team, to where he just says, I'm out, I want to go here, and then that happens. We talked about Aaron Rodgers. There's plenty of places you could say right now it's a better situation than in Green Bay with the season they had in that, in that division, right? Um, but there's also not just the no-brainer for him. There's not that one destination that everything is in place but quarterback that's a team that's really good. Well, the, the a roster is, that's like, really good. They either guy makes them a contender just by dropping them in. And it, them being a, you could pretty much not every team, but the average team by adding one of those two guys, you are adding a playoff element, a belief, a it factor uh, aside from like the Hall of Fame future, all that, I mean, Brady, it's not like the Bucks were any good whenever Brady selected them either and decided to not go to the West Coast with uh, Los Angeles, but actually go to Tampa. The, I, I'm intrigued that I think the storyline that no one's talking about is that he could stay. And if he stays, what does that mean structurally within the organization? Because they, they have made it clear they would like for him to be back. And somehow they, you're right, they're not good. <laughs> That's why I'm torn on, you know, actually picking them. I did because it's Brady. If any, if it's any other normal uh, playoff quarterback, there's no way I'm picking Dallas to lose this game. Here's a weird one for you, just for someone. Seattle. Um, yes. That's a good roster around Geno Smith. Well, I mean, the, the Raiders are good. And it's a young roster. The Raiders. And lost I'm looking at Seattle. How many double-digit leads? I'm, yeah. Look, no, I, I get it. I'm also thinking staying in the NFC or being in an advantageous spot to grab a, a yeah. good playoff position. Seattle was in the playoffs, right, this year with Geno Smith. So 
Geno Smith also had a really good year. So maybe you're thinking Geno Smith's a better option right now. I just wish that there was this no-brainer, boy, Brady needs to be here next year to have a chance at a long playoff run. I don't know that there is one, and for that reason, I think he's back in Tampa. Now, you bring up an interesting question. What does that mean? Who's coaching him? What's going on around him with that roster? Who's staying? Who's getting the boot? Are they trying to do something to spend big? How's that you know salary cap being restructured? All of those questions are pertinent ones. And who's he? Co- but there's, who's there's he not, bringing with him? There's just a, there's there's not that one no brainer option outside of Tampa, which makes me think he may just come back. One thing I think everyone agrees on is he's not retiring. I don't think you do what he did and call Giselle's bluff to just end it after a, a wild card round playoff loss and not play another year or two, personally. And he's so competitive. That's that's the issue, right? I don't that's think I don't think mentally he could deal with that. To where it's okay. I made I made the decision I made. These things happen as a consequence, and now I'm just going to quit and retire after a loss in the playoffs. To the Cowboys, no. Well, that's not the Tom Brady I know. But uh, this he's going to play until he's 48. This is how the storylines will go. It's really week to week with the reaction to him. They could go out and beat Tampa that, for the most part, they've been all season offensively tonight and get just, Hammers. you know, yeah, just blown out, boat raced. I mean, that's realistic based on how potent this Dallas offense can be. Not that they are, but can be. And the sentiment tomorrow will be, you know what, man, he's going to be 46. It's over. It's been a great run, but somehow you got this team to the playoffs. It's done. I'm not going to be saying that. I want this guy to play for as long as he wants. I love watching him uh, play football. I do want to see him in contention. He does have the healthiest roster he's had in, what, three months. And now he's got Mike Evans. I mean, based on their talent level, they are also capable of putting up points. The, the question is, can they keep up with Dallas? And is Dak going to be the quarterback that we believe he can be or the quarterback he has been, which is a turnover machine. This game has strong Dak Prescott chokes vibes to yeah. but I also, think the more likely scenario is the Bucks win oh. an ugly game because Dak turns it over two or three times and Tom Brady doesn't choke. That's that's and, and if the Bucks are again, to win, Sam that's Fran. the most likely. But I'm with you too. Cowboys are better. Yes. If they go out and play well, Yep. They could win by two or three scores. Coming up, who replaces Kevin Warren as the commissioner of the Big Ten? We'll discuss on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Who replaces Kevin Warren? That's the next big question for college sports. Warren's off to be the president and CEO of the Chicago (laughs) Bears starting in April. And Chad, now Gene Smith from Ohio State has been mentioned. Jim Phillips, the commissioner of the ACC, who they sought the first time 
prior to hiring Kevin Warren two and a half, three and a half years ago. Um, and there are TV execs as well from ESPN and Fox Sports that are also making this list. But That's the one I threw out there. Yeah. Why not go the television route and just bridge the gap and hire someone that's a TV executive? I, but, so... I wonder, so this is where like the college football rivalry meets what's best for business and the president aspect of things, the votes. So for all the criticism that Kevin Warren received during COVID, Gene Smith was the opposite. And that's where he took over as the quote unquote leader of 2020 within the Big Ten. He was the one who thought they should play. Yeah, and, and was considering even just, you know, they were breaking off to do Doing their own schedule. Uh, independent, yeah. And and many believed that they, that was the right path. Turns out it was. Right to play. And I, I think many others would follow Gene Smith in that regard, given that time then. I think that also led to Kevin Warren not receiving a contract extension recently. Yeah, I think it'd be a big loss for Ohio State. He's highly respected. Uh, if but Gene Smith I think were to be the great guy, great for the Big Ten, though. I keep thinking there's going to be some complete outside the box, off the wall candidate like that Warren gets a serious was. look coming from the league. I think you know a CEO of McDonald's. I don't know. Yeah, someone yeah. from a d- different walk of life that we've seen with both your mark and Klyavikov, uh with Pac- with Big Twelve and Pac Twelve respectively. There's some outside candidate from a different walk of life, not athletic administration, that I believe could fit into this you got Greg Sankey taking shots you know to speak an engagement about you know I'm not here I'm, I'm here for the good of college athletics and not to build my resume and move on which was not a very subtle shot at uh, Kevin Warren yeah. um, well, the rivalry continues the rivalry continues and it's man down for the Big Ten <laughs> yes. because they don't have a, a commissioner right now no I'm saying between the left. two yeah I'm uh, sorry I was laughing when we came back from break because Irvin Magic Johnson on Twitter okay. just tweeted. Uh, I saw uh, Barstool Big Cat retweet it and said, in, in case you missed it, just right now to nowhere, he says, what a wild and exciting NFL wildcard weekend. The Jags came from a 27-point deficit to win their game, and the Giants upset the Vikings. I love a day later, he's just giving updates yes. on the games. So his followers that aren't fun, man, I should have... <laughs> I need to go back and watch that Jags come back. You're telling me, Irvin, that the Jags were down big and came back and won. Who did they play? It doesn't say here who they played. And the Giants upset the Vikings? What a weekend in the NFL. It's just great getting the NFL report from Magic himself. What if he sent that and it just now went through randomly? Or he just has some marketing or, agent that's just... Yeah, they scheduled it a day late. Yeah, there's someone, late. Who, someone who's just tweeting things as Magic Johnson that's just a bunch of random sports updates. For his followers, that could be the case too. You can go to outkick.com slash bet. That's where you can play on the Monday night matchup tonight, wildcard weekend, Dallas at Tampa. The over is four and one in Tampa's last five. Five and two in Dallas's last seven. The over under right now is 45 and a half. So based on recent results, you should take the over in this. I'm hesitant though because I... I think it's a 50-50 shot that this is not much of a game due to Tampa. So you don't know what you're betting right now? I'm not taking I'm not I'm staying away from the over under even though the numbers are telling me to take the over, the trends. I'm taking Tampa money line. And I consider one money line winner when they're the underdog to be a heater. You had that with your pick of Jacksonville. Ride the heater. Let's go. Let's go Tampa also in this game. 
and now the discussion, I don't know why it's happening right now. Uh, Michael David Smith from Pro Football Talk. He is... Is he, he tweeting out updates from the playoff weekend also? He's the manager. No, he says, there's really no reason at all Bengals' bill should be played at Buffalo, opposed to being determined by a coin flip or neutral field. The NFL just decided to change its rules for home field in both the wild card and championship rounds, but not the divisional round. Um, so he's, he's saying, like, you get the rematch, but because they didn't face off, well, I mean... No one was discussing that. It was all about, <coughs> excuse me, Kansas AFC City championship. Yeah, which can still be in play, by the way, in Atlanta. I mean, I thought Joe Burrow had a great response to that when asked about it. He kind of gave that. Well, it is what it is, but he said more than anything, we're part of the NFL family as players, and what yeah, happened that yeah. night, we're not going to sit around and complain about it that we didn't get to play that game on the field because we're most concerned with DeMar Hamlin. He said all the right things. I mean, people that want to criticize it aren't wrong based on the rules and what we weren't allowed to see, right? So, I mean, yeah. Give me Tampa tonight. Tampa at San Francisco next week. I'm with you, though, Chad. Uh, the San Francisco-Dallas game is way more intriguing for the divisional round, for the right for Dallas to go back to the NFC Championship game. Potentially... At Philly. I'm ready for all of it. And then I'm ready for Magic Johnson to give <laughs> to me let an us update. Know about it. About 48 hours after these big games happen, I want to know from Magic's own Twitter account exactly what took place. Join us for the headlines tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock Eastern for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network.